Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Friday, July 9th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Star sports writer Pete Gradhoff and I, among others at the Star, got a little list crazy last summer, what with the COVID shutdown and all. But one idea we had for a ranking story and never got around to it was best games by the teams that we cover. So here it is. As is the case with our previous list stories, we had fun piecing it together, plus a lot of back and forth conversation. Stories like this are intended to invite discussion and feedback, and we've gotten plenty of it since the story was posted on our website earlier this week, and it ran in Tuesday's editions of The Star. Some liked it, some thought it stunk, one said it had no credibility. So there you go. Before the story ran, Pete and I sat down with star columnist Vahe Gregorian and Chiefs beat writer Sam McDowell for their thoughts on the list. Not just Chiefs games, but all of it. Hope you enjoy the discussion and the list. An all-star cast has been assembled. Vahe is here, too. And Vahe. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming from you. You know, I was going to say something like that, and then he just... (laughs) <laughs> and I was going to say it about myself. <laughs> but you don't have to be self-deprecating. <laughs> Sam McDowell is here. <laughs> Everybody deprecating. <laughs> Got to watch those words, though. Boy, okay. <laughs> I'm sure you'll cut this. Um, I get to talk to Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell a lot on our podcast. Pete Gradhoff is the um, is the bonus here. Pete, it's great to see you. It was great to work with you on this project, the top 25 games in Kansas City sports history. It's something we talked about last year, mm-hmm. and we didn't do it because we had lists coming out of our wazoo last year, <laughs> and we decided to put this list off for this year. So how you doing? Good, good. I'm glad to be here in the all-star banter, so this is fun. Company of greatness here, isn't it? <laughs> And Sam. And Sam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, in, in uh, for our reasons of transparent transparency, we are recording this on June 29th. The story's not, and, and it's going to be posted next week. Uh, the podcast, and we don't know exactly when the top 25 list is going to be in the newspaper. It's or online at KansasCity.com. Right. It's kind of, we're going to see where it fits in the best spot possible for our readers. Yes, because we always have the audience at heart. Absolutely. And, uh, but the reason we're we're recording this today is because we could all fit it into our schedules. And we had, uh, Pete and I were going to come here and talk about this, but we roped Vahe and Sam in because we wanted to get their thoughts on our top 25 list. Like I said earlier, we've been list, we were list crazy last year, right? Um, the pandemic had something to do with that. We were looking for content. And so you and I did the top 25 moments, I believe, in Kansas City sports history. We did the uniform numbers, the greatest oh, yeah. to wear, number whatever, with I think 15 ended up being one of the the, the better ones because that's uh, Mahomes and Merrifield, among others. And, and then Sam Ellinger did the most influential people in Kansas City sports history with Lamar Hunt and Ewing Kaufman going one and two. But this is the top 25 games. And when you and I started talking about this a year ago, we even I don't we didn't disagree, but it was it was somewhat difficult to come up with criteria of what a great game was. So what do you, I'll go around the table, Pete, I'll start with you. What what are the requirements for a great game? I think it has to be memorable. 
I think there has to be some some dramatic moments within that game too that stick out. And I think it has to be a pretty high profile game as well, not a, a Chiefs Week Four game necessarily or a Royals game in August. And I think, and I don't know that we added this in our story just yet, but I, I think the Kansas City team has to win to make the list. I mean, they've been part of some really great games that Kansas City teams didn't win. So that's kind of my criteria. Well, I'll just say on our top 25 list that I'm, I'm staring at, um, the Kansas City team did win, but there are a couple of games here where we had colleges facing off against each other. So right. one of our schools won and one of our schools <laughs> did not win. Vahe, what do you think of when you think of great games? I really like the description you came up with, and this matrix sounds about right. And it sort of feels like one of those, what's the old Supreme Court thing where you you, you know it when you see it, right? Yeah. And I think, for me, I feel like the dramatic, the, the end, not just dramatic moments in the game, but also like the feeling like you don't know what's going to happen till the end. And high stakes, right? All that combined. And I, boy, I, I, I'm excited to get into our list, but I feel like all the ones, as you guys were sharing with us, what, what the ones at the, at the top are, it was like every one of those hit those boxes in numerous ways. We'll, we'll count them down here in a second. Of course, that Supreme Court uh, was, uh, they were talking about pornography. So you know it when you see it. <laughs> that's right. And great games. I Funny. think that's an applies to great games as well. I'd like to see you have this in the uh, subject line when this goes out. <laughs> the I'm pornography not, of great games. I have no interest in following that. Because <laughs> you can't. <laughs> and yet you'll be asked. So, Sam, do we cover um, it? Do we cover I, it for yeah, you? Yeah, I really love Pete's description, actually, because it has four or five elements that you always look for you know the, the fact that there's there's got to be something at stake so i mean there's certain games that we've all covered that have had crazy stuff happen um i mean i, I can remember being at a, a july august game what was it 15 where they scored like seven runs in the bottom of the ninth to win it but it, it's a july it's a july or august game so i i really like you know the, the high stakes element the fact that you know it's it's not going to be the Royals in 85 winning, what was it, like 11 to nothing or something like in that. Game there's, seven. Yeah, there's got to be some drama to it as well towards the end of the game where it's it's still in doubt late or, or something of that sort. Um, so, But I I will say anytime we go through these lists and you guys always email us and ask for suggestions, it shocks me that you guys, knock on wood, have yet to leave some obvious thing off because I would never undertake this task for that reason. Well, don't, don't put it past us. Uh, that absolutely could, could happen. Um, and, of course, we, we – Do you have, you have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl on there? <laughs> well, let's, let's double check. Because yeah. yes. I, I sent it in. <laughs> in fact, we do have both Chiefs Super Bowl victories on the list, but we don't have the 11 to nothing Game 7 yeah. – Victory because I for the very reason the, the the memorable thing about that game was uh, was Joaquin Andujar you yeah. know going nuts and um, in, in the in the last out of the game right the mm -hmm. moment in the celebration but no for, for as far as dramatics are concerned not nothing not in that game right yeah um, so the other thing I should say is when we talk about any any kind of list for that we've done you know, the last couple of years. The teams we include are the Chiefs and the Royals, Kansas, Missouri, Kansas State, Sporting, KC, slash Wizards. Um, small colleges are involved. The high schools are involved. And I, I can just say for the purposes of this list, there, there were no 
There were no Kansas City Athletics games. There were no Kansas City Kings games. I would love to have found a Monarchs game that rose to the level of a great game, but I even talked to Bob Kendrick about this. You know, they played in the like the 1924 Negro League World Series and the 1942 World Series. There wasn't one game that really was like that nobody ever you know forgot, right? It was just the, the greatest game of all time. So, um, so all of our games, I think that I think we the, the the oldest game on our list, and maybe this is recency bias, but the oldest game on our list um, is the Super Bowl Super Bowl Four. Uh, the, the Chiefs uh, over the Vikings, and that's not in the top ten. So um, let's uh, let's go over a few of these and let me know what you think. I'll, I'll, we'll start with um, not all, uh, but we'll start with some that were eleven through twenty-five. And let me ask you if uh, it, what, maybe if you have a memory of this game. And Pete, I will start with you. This may have been the most interesting game on the list because it's the it's an exhibition game. It was an exhibition game, but the impact on this game, and actually I'm going to talk to you about it too, Sam. Mm. Um, the Kansas City Wizards defeat Manchester United in an exhibition game at Arrowhead Stadium. Why would this game be on our list? Oh, there's a lot of reasons. It was an exhibition game, but one of the world's best teams coming to Kansas City just raised the element a little bit, and it was an entertaining game too, back and forth, particularly these quote-unquote friendly games are pretty leisurely paced a lot of times, but Jimmy Conrad got a red card. And setting all that aside, the Hunt family had recently sold the franchise and the new owners were there. And it was kind of like their first step forward into like introducing the soccer team to the city again. And I, that, I talked to Rob Thompson, the longtime PR guy at, the, at Sporting, and he said they just had enormous number of uh, season ticket requests come a day after that game. And, you know, it made news in England, obviously. And they had a guy from India on the team. So it made, he told me it was, it was big news in India because he got into the game. It just was just an enormous game. It was on July 25th, uh, 2010. Do you remember saying anything about that? No. You, you wouldn't be able I mean, to. No. I mean, well, I, I didn't live here at the time. I lived in South Carolina at the time. And I just wasn't that into soccer until I started covering it here. It was just the kind of atmosphere you had to experience, I feel like, to appreciate it. Um, but I, I will say I love that you guys included that. I never would have considered that making this list. It goes back to the top of why I said I would never do this list myself. <laughs> You're a smart man. Um, but I, but I, I love that you guys included that because I don't know that Sporting KC is what it is today without that game. I heard an interview recently uh, by Jimmy Nielsen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he just went into the, um, yeah, the, the hall of fame. Back working with the team too. Yep. And J Jimmy said it was, it was his first year it was his first year on the team, and he said that, um, uh, first of all, there were 60,000 people at Arrowhead Stadium for, for this soccer game. Right. And the, um, the fact that, you, that Manchester United came to Kansas City to play was a compliment to Lamar Hunt uh, and, and to what, what he did for soccer in this country. Um, but you're right. The identity of the soccer team was about to change. I mean, and new ownership and sporting Kansas City would, would, would become the new identity. And 
I, I we think, or the, the reason that game is included on the list is that game proved to this mar- to this market that soccer could there, there would be interest. It could succeed. Mm-hmm. You put it in the right venue. You give it the right uh, kind of leadership, and look at what sporting has become. So, so yeah, that is. Uh, that is on the list, and I want to ask you about another one. Uh, like I said, we're not going to go over the all 11 through 25, but there are a few here. And this one involves two games. It's a twofer. The Kansas-Missouri basketball series of 2011-2012. Uh, Vahe, I know you covered those games. I covered those games. Best atmosphere for college basketball in this area. That and, and we've been to so many good college basketball atmospheres. Any KU home game, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's some some Big Twelve games at Sprint Center, but the games at Mizzou Arena and Allen Fieldhouse those years were. It's I still get chills thinking about the the excitement level. They were, and for some reason, I guess the second one was it. The the Allen Fieldhouse one was the second of the two games, yeah. right? And I I can remember where I was sitting. I can remember the feeling in there. Um, and part of the whole vibe was the sense of finality, right? That was kind of a different element of, of what you guys put together in this list. But there's no doubt that that's why, um, you know, the high stakes aspect was in full gear. And the games themselves were just just ridiculous, right? Huge leads overcome. Yeah. Um, opposite, uh, you know, uh, periods of time when, when that was going on in, in home arenas. I, I, I just... And I think it helped also that, I mean, there's the personalities of the people involved were part of that too, right? There, there are, you can probably uh, think of a few moments or a few words said, et cetera, but it, it, it was, it was magic. It really was. So Kansas was down 19 in the second half of the, of the second game. Missouri was down nine with about two minutes to go of the game in Columbia and uh, um, in the game in Lawrence. I'll never forget Bill Self's reaction when they won. They finally won when it was was it English's shot that went in, but it was after the buzzer. Well, no, it was. Um, or was it Deadman? Denman. I think it was. Denman. Dem- pretty sure it was Deadman. Okay, Deadman. Pretty sure who who was the MVP of those two games? Yeah, the guy right. is just fantastic, fantastic. And um, uh, and so the ball goes in the hoop, but the buzzer had already sounded before it left his hand. And Self gives a fist pump. And they, that Kansas still uses on their pregame hype video, you know, to this day. So that's the, that's the two four on this on this list. Um, when you think of your personal top ten events you've attended, I'll say this for me: personal top ten events I've attended. Period. Those two are like my first automatics that I just think of. Man, just just atmosphere. Yeah, the atmosphere yeah. was off the hook for for those two. Um, okay, let's pick a, let's pick another one here for out of out of the sort of the final fifteen. Um, let's go with this number. The, right now we have at number eleven. These could change, but I think it could change inside the top ten. Uh, the Chiefs win the AFC title for the twenty nineteen season, beating the Tennessee Titans. And what's your what's your first memory, Pete, of that game? Our vantage point, you know, in the press box. I just remember. Mahomes was being chased out of the pocket and running towards the sideline and he released the ball. And I, you know, you're, you don't get that on the TV screen. And it's like, Oh man, Sammy Watkins is wide open. And he caught it. And that was that, I mean, you knew they'd won the game then it would have taken a miracle, but uh, that pass just, just seeing, just seeing like, Oh, this is going to win the game for that, for that brief moment. They're going to go to the Super Bowl after the year before the, heartache of losing in overtime it was a 60 yard 
I think it was a 60-yard completion. I think so. And you're right. They needed – the game wasn't clinched until then. Um, what do you remember, Sam? Well, the, the Mahomes run. Um, and I, I still think that of all the amazing stuff Mahomes has ever done, the run might be the best play he's ever had. Um, other than maybe the drop pass in this last year's That's Super Bowl. <laughs> Which but, did not make the list, by the way. <laughs> but um, – the the game felt very 1990s Chiefs-like for a lot of that first quarter. And the Mahomes run was them taking the lead going into halftime where you felt like they're going to get over this hump finally. They're going to win this game. That that was the moment and just the, the spectacularness of that play. I mean, we still had the – we printed the picture of the in our paper the next day. Andy Reid's even looking right down at his feet. It was It was amazing – to watch the because the way like Pete mentioned our view in the press box, we all watched on the screen because the screen's about 15 seconds behind, so you have time to look up and watch it. And you're just expecting him to run out of bounds at some right. point. You're just expecting, you know, I, I didn't have a great view of it from from where we said he had to go out of bounds on that play, right? So that that's the play that's always going to stand out to me about that game. That play and and look, I mean, for the guy who we're always going to think about for his arm when you throw that into the mix. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's unbelievable. Like this is what he can bring to it too. But I remember, I think the feeling I felt most was like, they are actually doing this when whatever point it was, I, probably that pass was when we felt it was sealed. And, and you know, I, I, I've been here less time than all you guys, but even though the Royals had kind of broken the seal and, you know, gotten back in through the postseason and everything, there still was this lurking, just, pessimism about the Chiefs like they're just never going to quite get through they're never going to get back to yeah. a Super Bowl I mean all those hideous playoff losses and waiting for something to happen it, until until now it can't happen they're in and I just remember that feeling like okay that that this this sort of changes everything is how I felt and then Clark Hunt receiving the Lamar Hunt trophy. yeah yeah that was yeah. that was something and yeah, that really was it, I know it happened the next year as well but that that first time yeah. That was special. Yeah, and Clark was pretty interesting about that over the weeks after. I mean, he, he talked about it with a, a personal um, touch that we don't often really see with Clark, to be honest. I mean, he just doesn't get that deep into things. And Norma being there and kissing the – I mean, yes. it was just – yeah, it's, it's kind of a chill moment. And then Travis Kelsey grabbing the mic and saying, <laughs> <laughs> you got to fight for your right to party. <laughs> <laughs> that we heard a couple of weeks later at the Super Bowl parade. Yeah. That was right. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll uh, we'll go down the top 10. Okay, we're back with the all-star panel of Pete Gradhoff, Sam McDowell, and Vahe Gregorian. We're counting down the top games in Kansas City sports history. That includes colleges, the high schools, basically the, the, the teams that we cover and have covered in um, – at, at the star. How about just a quick thought? I'm going to go down the top 10 in reverse order. And uh, we'll just get a quick thought from you, uh, from one of you guys on each of those games. So I'll start with the first one, right? So number 10, uh, Kansas wins the 2008 NCAA championship. And they beat Memphis in overtime, thanks to Mario Chalmers' three-pointer with two seconds to go. Incredible game. It's one of the, you know, one shining moments, a, a great moment. But this little-known factoid from the game, there was a great moment before the game when Bill Self took the court, and Vahe, you fill in the rest. 
Oh, I, I, I've never seen this happen before or since, and I don't know why it happened, but I'm, I'm in my seat behind on press row and Bill's just so casually walking out there, getting ready for the game. And he just kind of points over to me and goes, Hey, Vahe. Like, no coach ever does that. And I wouldn't, I think, I'm not sure I shared that story. I, I wouldn't be unlike me to share a story like that, but, but I think Posnanski was sitting right behind me going like, what? <laughs> it was just really funny and it seemed indicative of, of a relaxed guy. I don't know if that, if he was or not, maybe that's just how he let it out. Well, he got Kansas in the position he wanted, down nine with about two, <laughs> two and a half minutes yeah. to go, <laughs> right, right where they needed to be. But it was an incredible comeback and a great game. And uh, we were talking earlier in the first part of the episode about moments that make the pregame Kansas hype video. And this one certainly is um, the one that draws the, the biggest reaction to this day, right, uh, 13, 14 years later. So that's that's number 10. Number nine, uh, George Brett crushes the Yankees' hopes, game three of the 1980 American League Championship Series. Pete, I know you're not a, you didn't grow up in Kansas City. You came here about 20 years ago or so. Yeah, 22 years ago. 22 years ago. But, and I didn't grow up in Kansas City either. Sam did, but not Vahe. So just the, the, um, uh, one of us grew up in Kansas City. But do you remember that? How, how vividly do you remember that moment? I remember the 80 Royals. I grew up outside of Chicago. And boy, that was a, I, I guess I didn't realize the backstory that everybody in Kansas City felt. But uh, yeah, they, they finally broke through. I remember, I remember them not being able to get to the World Series. And I like George Brett. And what's, it's not me, but one of my friends told me like when, Brett hit that home run. It was the only time his dad really ever hugged him, like after a game <laughs> like that. He was so excited that just I can't imagine that pent up release that must have come out of we finally got past the Yankees because it was game three. Yeah, there were two more games to go if they hadn't won that game. But same kind of sense of doom that I'm sure they felt. So right, huge. sense of doom that we felt with the Chiefs. So yeah, not not unlike that. Um, of course, off of Goose Gossage, who was the most menacing of the relief pitchers in baseball at the time, and he hit it into the upper deck, and it's still one of mm. Fred White's great calls uh, mm. on, the, on the Royals radio network. Fred White had the call there, and I just, I've just i never heard Fred White so excited <laughs> as when he made that call. So, um, all right, move, moving ahead, another Royals. The, the top 10, more Royals than anything else, but number uh, number eight with the Royals, also Royals. It's the Royals-Blue Jays game six, the American League Championship Series. I, I still think... The, the loudest I've ever heard Kaufman Stadium mm-hmm. when Lorenzo Lorenzo Kane scores from first on the Eric Hosmer single. But Sam McDowell, you weren't covering the Royals then, but you covered a lot of that postseason. Yeah, I was at um, all the home games. Uh, what was that? That play that you're talking about sort of encapsulated the Royals in 14 and 15, which is other teams made a tremendous amount of mistakes against them on defense, but it was because of the pressure that the Royals put on opposing teams. They put the ball in play a lot. They were fast around the bases and they had scouted, you know, back to the 14 wildcard game with John Lester. I mean, they they had scouted certain weaknesses for other teams that maybe 29 other teams weren't taking advantage of in the same way. And they knew that the, the right field of the Batista, way. Jose yeah. Batista threw to second. Threw to second base, and they, they took an extra base because of it. And what was so fun about that team, whether you're a Royals fan or not, is that um, they played baseball in sort of an old-fashioned way and proved that it could still win today. 
And then Wade Davis in the ninth inning was <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal. That's what makes Wade Davis today, watching him, I, I feel so yeah. sad because he just has lost it. But he was the greatest. He was the best pitcher in baseball in 14 and 15. And he was, I don't think he was ever better than he was in the ninth inning of that game where he actually gave up a single and a walk, I believe. They had, mm-hmm. Blue Jays had first and third, nobody out. Uh, there was a strikeout, but the runner steals second. So second and third, one out. He gets the strikeout of Revere, mm-hmm. and and then he gets the ground ball from from Josh Donaldson, and just to get out of you know runner on third, nobody out, yeah. and and the Royals end up winning that game after and the rain delay. A- after a forty five yeah. minute yeah. 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 That, yes, after he had pitched else. in the eighth, and then wow. he had came out and pitched. Yeah, no, uh, it, it was amazing. Um, number seven, there was only one person at this table who was at this game, and that's you, Vahe. And you weren't there to cover it, but Danny and the Miracles take down Oklahoma for the 1988 NCAA championship. You were there um, as a fan. Yeah, it was funny. I had just I had just started in the business and I was at the Post-Dispatch, my first year, full year at the Post-Dispatch. And a friend of mine was working at uh, ESPN, called me on game day and said, hey, I've got a ticket. Uh, Do you want to go see the national championship game in Kansas City? I was in St. Louis. I got in the car. It was impossible to find anywhere to park anywhere near Kemper. I parked like three miles away or how, uh, maybe wherever the Golden Ox was. And uh, I could not believe the site when I walked in. I mean, I, I, I had not been to something quite like that until then. And, and of course, we know it was the Oklahoma the game where it's 50-50 at halftime. And um, it, it, it was uh, – I don't think I understood, fully appreciated Kansas's story in that until – Years later, I just for me it was just you know kid in a candy shop and hope I get to go to some of these again and and that was that was luckily the case. Yeah, you've only been to about thirty of them. Um, so Kansas was unranked. People remember this. Kansas was unranked going into the tournament that year, and they beat Kansas State in the Elite Eight and uh, beat Duke, team that had beaten them during the regular season in the in the national semifinal, and then. You know, Oklahoma, Billy Tubbs, so so satisfying for Kansas to <laughs> to beat to beat that team and that coach in the in the championship game, and heck of an opportunity lost for Oklahoma. That was the best team that Oklahoma's ever had. Billy Tubbs' best team. They they were the better team, and um, and Oklahoma to this day hasn't won a basketball an NCAA basketball championship. So that was number seven. Uh, number six. We all remember um, Game 5 of the 2015 World Series in New York. Pete, you were there. You weren't there? I thought you were there. I didn't travel then. We had his hologram uh, with us, the spirit of Pete. Oh, okay. No, I'm not cutting that out. I'm keeping that. (laughs) We we make mistakes on this show, my friend. We own them. We do it. We we run a getting it right scrub free. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I was working on the desk that night because I kind of was doing both, and we didn't know if we were going to get that in the paper, right? I mean, it was one of those where it was like, we are cutting that. It's like we got to get something. We didn't know how how we were going to get it in the papers. Maybe a better way to say it because it. It just changed so dramatically in the ninth inning, and then it kept going. It wasn't like game one that long, but it was still 12 innings. And- well, a really crucial part of the process, Pete, was that while you were worrying about that on that end, 
Andy McCullough was rooting for the game to go longer and longer <laughs> so we could rewrite his entire story from scratch. Which had disappeared. After from, disappeared. From his screen. Yeah. There yeah. was a little kerfuffle in the press box <laughs> as that was unfolding. Yes, there was. Yes, it was. So where does, where does the Hosmer dash rank as kind of memorable? Do, do, where do we rank that as a memorable moment? It had to be top 10. I mean, yeah. that was an incredible, just, again, when we were talking about taking advantage of of other teams' weaknesses, that the quote after the game from Rusty Koontz, right? Bless, bless, bless his heart. His heart. <laughs> <laughs> About Lucas Duda, right? Yes, that was, yes. Yeah. That's right. And the, Who and ended the, up in a Royals uniform. Yeah. <laughs> that iconic photo of him coming in and, and all those Mets fans behind. There's this. an old lady who just yeah. is in so much pain, so yes. much pain in that photograph. Because that was the game. They would have won game five. That's, yep. that's as big as, as it gets right there. There was a little of that well, Jack Buck's term on the on the home run by Kirk Gibson, a little that I don't believe what I just saw mm-hmm. on the Hosmer play. I mean, maybe we had that feeling 10 times in the those yeah. postseasons, but yeah. that that was right up there. And Sam described it really well on, on the, the Lorenzo Cain um, bit from Toronto, but I think you could make a case that, that Hosmer – as much or more it encapsulated, embodied what, what was going on there, every aspect of it. And then they and then they make it anticlimactic with was it five in the five in the twelfth? <laughs> yeah. Almost uh, almost knocked them out of our top ten because of that, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, suddenly suddenly it wasn't memorable anymore. <laughs> um, number four, also the Royal. Oh no, no, number i I'm sorry, number five, and this is another World Series, but it's game six of the nineteen eighty. 85 World Series, and I know this made our top 10 of the memorable moments. Uh, Royals down 3-2, Cardinals about to win the World Series at uh, at then Royal Stadium, and um, and the Royals get bailed out. If there had been instant replay in baseball then, the Don Deckinger call would have gone against the Royals and would have been overturned, and... Uh, and, and the Cardinals would have probably gone on to win the World Series. That didn't wouldn't have ended the game, but it would have gone... They would have gone on to win the World Series. So, is it the right thing, Sam, as a uh, fan of St. Louis sports teams, um, to list Game Six of the Royals '85 World Series over Game Seven? Yeah, I mean, I think it had more drama, right? Um, and like you mentioned, I mean, the I, I think the Cardinals probably win that World Series. If, you know, I, I remember that because I was like eight months old at the time. On that, <laughs> well, that well, that's why I went to you on this because of, because, because of your uh, vivid you, memory. Of you that. know what? Actually, though, um, so my my dad was like an army brat, but grew up in a lot. A portion of his childhood in St. Louis. That's how he got attached to the Cardinals and and passed them on to me as as a kid. And he was at that game because he still lived here in, in Kansas City. So I heard quite a bit about that call. <laughs> Even if I don't remember the play, I've, I've, I've seen it. Um, I've certainly seen pictures when uh, I went to Cardinals games as a kid where you'd go to some baseball card trading show and they would have that picture of um, Rural on first base with, you know, the, the guy half a, half a step still from, from touching the bag. He looked out to me. <laughs> well, there was no replay, so inconclusive, I believe, would be the proper way to describe it. Um, Don Deckinger ended up, you know, going to card shows and dinners and, you know, signing autographs. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't go over really well. <laughs> Were you there? You, you did a show a couple of years ago up here at one of the casinos. Yeah, casinos we went. Yes, yeah, we, I couldn't we, believe you was yeah, there. Yeah, and just, just going on and on about it, sort of play rather playfully, I dare say. Mm-hmm. 
Um, although I do think there was, it wasn't just playful for him, right? I think no, he, no, no. He addressed it in more serious terms too. To be fair, absolutely, he did. He did. We got you got a column out of it. I think I got a story. I think so. We got all, really, all parts of the Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, it's all that matters. Uh, all that matters. Uh, number four, um, <laughs> we're staying at 2015, Game Four of the American League Division Series at Houston, and of course the Royals are down. Six to two, going into the eighth inning. Um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has congratulated the Astros. Is <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to an Astros Rangers ALCS. And, um, and you've got the Fanta on the Royals too. Yes. I wish I could credit our photographers. I can't remember which one had that photo, but that was an oh. incredible photo. Oh, well. I've always wished we could find a picture of the Sam's talking about the fan above the dugout. Just you know, I think yeah. he's got his arms out, like just like yeah. like doing a bird kind of thing, mocking them, and then. I don't think we ever saw the after picture, yeah. and I would love to have tracked down this guy a year later. I mean, oh. Greatest comeback, I think, in Royals history, certainly in the most important elimination game, to be down four runs in the eighth inning. Um, greatest comeback. Game six of the 85 World Series, they were down one zip, uh, but to be down four runs in the eighth and to go you know, keep the line moving, right? Base hit after base hit after base hit until Kendris Morales comes up and – is Carlos Correa who misplays the the ball skips off the mound, skips under his glove. I still it's think a, it should have been a hit. I, to this day, I think it should have been yeah. a hit. Yeah, it, you know, uh, the the ball took a crazy hop off the mound, and it uh, and again another crazy hop when it got to Correa, and um, and and that two run score that ties the game. And Alex Gordon comes up, grounds out to second, to, to uh, score, score the winning run, and then Hosmer hits a two run homer in the ninth. To make it nine to six, the final score, that was we couldn't believe it. I, mean, we, I remember talking. We were talking after the game for a post game video, and we were just couldn't believe it. Well, not to go on too much about this, but inside baseball. But you know, we've probably told the story before. But somewhere out there, we still have in our computer system the the midway through the game budget of stories that we were doing, mm-hmm. and we it was the fifth or sixth inning, and and uh, the idea was that Sam Mellinger was going to write. Uh, why? Why? Nothing they did this season mattered because because of uh, the way the postseason ended. And I was going to write how every September move backfired. Quato <laughs> and then it, stunk. Yeah, yeah. And this is so where the, the term we we use among ourselves a lot. Uh, that on Sam's screen, I think the only thing he had actually written at that point was make fun of glove thing. Because <laughs> of Quato blaming the, the Sal's glove placement. So luckily, we didn't overcommit to any of that stuff. <laughs> But as good as a day game. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Number three, more pain inflicted on from a Kansas City team to a Houston team. Uh, (laughs) The Chiefs over the Texans in the 2019 AFC Divisional Round game. This was the Chiefs' first playoff game of 2019, and they got off to a roaring start, (laughs) down 24 to nothing in the. Second early second quarter, right? I think it was mm-hmm. early second quarter. It was twenty four to nothing, and I, I was dumbfounded. I mean, I look they they had Mahomes, and um, so anything was possible, but not this. You know, not twenty four nothing. And the Texans had Deshaun Watson, right? They, they, it's not like they had an incompetent quarterback. The coach, uh, <laughs> I don't know about. Um, but the Chiefs end up winning fifty one to thirty one. Greatest comeback in the playoffs in Chiefs history. Um, only, what, six years earlier, the Chiefs had blown a 28-point lead in a playoff game. 
in Andy Reid's first season. But um, does this game deserve to be ahead of the Titans AFC title game? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Why do you say that? Well, the, that game, you know, I mentioned the fact that when Mahomes ran down the sideline against the Titans, that felt like when they were really going to get over the hump. But that 24 nothing, you did, you felt the weight of that, the curse inside Arrowhead Stadium when that was going on. I know they had won the home playoff game and broken that drought the year earlier, but um, you really thought, oh my God, this team is not going, if this team can't get there, which team will? Um, and it also just just the brevity of the the comeback. The game was over at halftime. There was no way they're down twenty four nothing, and there was at halftime there was no way the Chiefs were going to lose that game. I know. Um, so it was just it was a comedy of errors. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and then um, you know I, I I still the the couple images that I ring out in my head about that game is at one point in the second quarter I think they had, it was when they cut it to twenty four fourteen maybe. Mahomes is running the length of the field trying to get the crowd fired up. Yes, I remember that. And we talked so much about, you know, we talked about KU, that KUMU. That that was a crowd that willed a team to a comeback. This was a player, like, willing the crowd, like, hey, guys, this isn't over. And the, just the, the reverse of that was has always stood out to me. Um, Daniel Sorensen had a big moment, a couple of big moments. Couple, yeah. 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 Snuffed out the, the fake punt, which I was laughing at the coaching decision. That was the one <laughs> yeah. that yeah. Bill yeah. O'Brien, and because it backfired, if it had worked, he'd have been, yeah. still be coaching maybe yeah. The, yeah. the Texans. And then he had the hit that forced the fumble on the kickoff return that Darwin Thompson recovered yeah. for another short touchdown pass. So three Mahomes touchdown passes to Kelsey in that mm-hmm. second quarter, a fourth one to Damian Williams, I believe. Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. yeah, first one. And he had five for the game. So his best playoff game in terms of touchdown passes. It was amazing. That, you know, I think the 2014 and 2015 Royals shifted how I feel about all things possible in sports, just the way the, the knack for the comeback. But I hadn't really made that conversion to football. All I could see in football was blow, the, the, the hometown team blowing the 28-point lead, not, not the other way around. And I just think this this just reset how I process watching them. Actually, to a point where I still was waiting for it to kick in in, in the Super Bowl against Tampa, but it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Again, that Super Bowl did not make the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brought up twice. <laughs> just for emphasis, it's not on here. <laughs> another, another one might, but we'll, we'll see here in a second. Because number two, uh, and speaking of belief, the the 2014 wild card game, Royals Oakland A's, uh, Brandon Moss. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. why do I think of him right away? Yordano Ventura, oy, Ned Yost is fired if they don't win the game. So, so you're talking about Bill O'Brien losing his <laughs> job. Ned Yost was he like, was on his way out. Yeah. I, I don't recall ever or since seeing a home figure booed yeah. as as hard as Ned was walking off the field after that that home yeah. run. I mean, I when I he was lifted like, Ventura, yeah, yeah, when he, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, but that was that was that was hard to 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 see. Yeah. That was the story of the night, right then. Ned Yost is going to the, the best season the Royals had, the first time in the postseason in three decades, and the manager's going to lose his job the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people were writing on in press row. That that was definitely. I mean, there was he's got to go, right? Oh, I, I think I think in this case, Sam Mellinger had written a lot of Again? that column. Yeah. Again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think because he writes so fast. <laughs> uh, uh, well, w- one thing I remember kind of thematically about the game is how much fun the Royals had in the comeback. You know, 
stealing bases because they knew they could steal all night. The, yeah, the Vroom Vroom, even Dyson, Butler early oh, in the game dude, doing yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, the dramatic comeback. They had to score in the ninth. They had to get one in the ninth to uh, to get it going. Does any, anybody remember who opened the ninth with a bloop single to right field? I bet nobody does because he was oh, not. Oh, yeah, it was Josh Willingham. Josh Willingham. Yeah. One of those late season acquisitions. Yeah, yeah and that's right. For Dyson. Dyson. Yep. Yeah. And Nori Aoki got the sack fly. And that was like a pitch in on his hands. And he like fought it out to right field. Yep. And he didn't have to get very deep to get Dyson there. Right. But it did go deep. I mean, it, 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 it would have been out, might have been out at Fenway. You know, <laughs> that's uh, true. But, but that's around the pole. But um, I remember after that feeling like everything, like it was such a singular moment in, in, in just an amazing galvanizing moment in, in sports. And I sort of thought the rest of the postseason was gravy. And mm-hmm. of course that it, it wasn't that at all, but um, it, it stood out that much that you could have taken that from it. It's a freeze frame game. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a snapshot moment in time. It's, it's, I don't, I haven't been in the Royals hall of fame in a few years. I wonder how that's, that game is displayed, but well, what that game did, they didn't lose a playoff game until game one of the World Series. They mowed through the Angels and the Orioles. It swept them. Yeah. I mean, how much momentum did these guys get from, from that game? It was incredible. Doesn't Ned, you know, I mean, I know you have to have a certain amount of at-bats to qualify, but doesn't Ned have like the, the, like the second best winning it's percentage? The winning, it's the best winning percentage history. by a manager in the postseason for a minimum of 30 games, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, the, the couple things I remember is the – the uh, the Royals hadn't been to the playoffs in exactly how many years? 20, 29, 29 years. years. The, all their players were wearing shirts that said, always October. It was MLB's brand. And that game was in September. <laughs> <laughs> they, might, they weren't going to get to and October. So, it, it, like, it was just like never October. Instead of the always October. Um, but the second thing is, you know, we talked about the job changes. Andy McCullough might still be working here. If not for that game. And that, you know, going back to your first point, there were a lot of people who were saying, well, this doesn't, this doesn't count as making the playoffs. It's a right, wild card right, game to yeah. get into a playoff. Yeah. And so. Could they even hang a flag? Right. And, you you know, everybody, they got a clean house. I mean, really, there were people saying Dayton might need to go too. But definitely Yost. So. It uh, wow, it all changed. I just remember um, from the beginning of fourteen to the end of fifteen, the bookend player was Christian Cologne, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. He he got the um, you know, got the big hit to put him ahead in game game five of twenty fifteen, and uh, scored the winning run on the Salvi uh, single on in, in twenty fourteen in the wild card game. Okay, our number one choice. We've alluded to it a couple of times. Isn't this, isn't this the greatest? Is there an argument here about what the greatest game in Kansas City sports history? Again, recency bias, Super Bowl 54. It had all the elements, didn't it? I mean, the, the magnitude of the game, only the biggest sporting event of the year in, in the United States, down 21 to 10 in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. Patrick Mahomes was having the worst game of his career through, through, you know, through three quarters. And um, and the next thing you know, you know, the confetti's coming down, and it's you know it's the uh, the, the golden and red confetti, and not the golden, the other golden red confetti, yeah, yeah. 49ers confetti. It was Chiefs confetti. So it was it was incredible, and I I, I think it'll stand for a long time as the greatest game in Kansas City sports history. Um, are we wrong? 
Vahe. I don't see how we could be wrong on that, right? And, and, and you laid it out perfectly. I mean, it it is the marquee event in all sports, at least as we see it in this country, the marquee event in all sports. And and it had the uh, the exact dramatics that uh, Sam McDowell and Pete declare as fundamental to this equation. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't draw up more um, suspense, really. Although, really, by the end, like the last ninety seconds, it was like, well, it's, this is over. Yeah. Got time um, to write. Yeah, got time. To, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. It just it just had it all, and and of course we've talked about Patrick a number of times, even within this. But I mean. For him to be at the center of all that too is is kind of cool, right? I mean, he's going to be uh, one that endures for ages here, and and you can say sort of changed everything for the Chiefs and in some ways Kansas City sports. I'm sure you guys have better memories. No, I mean, I think it's, it's obviously. I think it should obviously be number one. But um, I I think in ten years we could have a new number one. I, I do think that this guy is going to win multiple Super Bowls, and there's the potential for three quarters. That was kind of a lousy football game, mm-hmm. and I think we could potentially see one that's got more drama in it that that he wins. I mean, Pete laid this out at the start. I do think when you're making a a top twenty five games in Kansas City sports history, that nobody wants to read about a game they lost. But right. I, I think this guy will win one that maybe has like a shootout kind yeah, of game. You know, I mean, yeah. that we've seen several of those in yeah. the regular season that. We saw them in the playoffs that year. Um, you know, if either one of those games are mimic the Super Bowl, th- those games are probably number number one instead. It is a great point, though, that it was, I mean, truly a crummy game for three quarters. Not just, yeah. I mean, it's just not that interesting in some right, ways. I mean, right. other than like the terrible feeling that Kansas City fans had. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, going into that, I know, I, I think the betting line was just one point. So it was, it was antis- yeah, it was anticipated to be a close game. But I was so sure going to that game that the Chiefs were going to win that game that I was shocked when they got down 21-10. And then when Mahomes threw the interception that bounced off Tyreek's arm, mm-hmm. I thought the game was over. I did the too. way they they played for the thir- first three and a half quarters, I, I just did not see a way that they could score that quickly. Um, of course, the Wasp chain play is, is going to go down or uh, has um, in, in Chiefs history for the right reasons because that was the play where they finally broke through the dam. Mm-hmm. And everything was different after that. Absolutely, Chain the Jet Crisp Wasp, the the uh, Chip Wasp, just Chip Wasp. Yeah, yeah this the, the official name of the play. Uh, um, it did. It changed everything. It changed the feeling of the game. I don't know if yeah. I thought they were going to win, but at least at that point, I think, well, they're going to get a touchdown here. It's the first and, time they and got they, anything going. Yeah, I it was mean, it just, their longest just, play of the night. It was forty. It felt like they were game. playing against thirteen defenders for so long in that yeah. game that they finally got something going. You and, and it's it's so funny that Mahomes is. Um, famous line is that is do we have time to run Wasp and that was the essence of that first three and a half quarters is he didn't have time to do anything I mean it was so similar to the the, the Super Bowl that we saw play out except that the 49ers had pinched him in in a way to where he couldn't scramble the way we saw him scramble right. this last Super Bowl that that you just didn't feel like they could overcome that deficit up front great moment in, in Kansas City sports, great game, uh, a list of great games. And how fortunate are we to have been, you know, to have, I, I, again, I keep saying recency bias, but the 14-15 Royals and the, and the Chiefs, the Mahomes Chiefs, have given this region some of its greatest sports moments. It really has. I mean, mm-hmm. 85 Royals were great, and the Brett Royals and the, and the Len Dawson Chiefs and a lot of KU basketball, Missouri football. 
um, Kansas State football for sure. Um, but just in terms of Royals and Chiefs, we've got um, a, a lot of good recent stuff here to talk about. So, and I'm glad I got to talk about it with Pete Gradhoff, Bahe Gregorian, and Sam McDowell. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today and this week on Sports BKC. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Hey, a copy of that story is the best 25 games in Kansas City sports history. We've attached it to the show notes, and of course, you can find it on KansasCity.com. We also got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the colleges, our soccer team, so much soccer going on, and much more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at accounts.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode.